The helicopters have been hovering over our local dark forest here this morning. Intense. Just above the treetops, these this machinery. What are they afraid of? What do they lose control of? Sometimes I just want to take the all the Russian all the all the local military and just put them on the shelf in the middle distance somehow, a mental trick. And go up into that dark forest myself. You know, just carry that what Russell means from the American Indian movement called the great mystery. Just turn to the the coyotes and bats and possums and owls and just ask them. I'm an environmentalist and we're not helping. We're not close to helping. Give me a clue, an instruction. And I can just hear on the wind. If you're violent, you go extinct. If you love, you make life. tell you something, Flasher, and I want you to listen tight. It may sound like I'm talking about me, but I'm not. I'm talking about you. As a matter of fact, I'm talking about all people everywhere. When I come down here to Texas, I was looking for something. I didn't know what. It seems like you had up my life, and I spent it all either stomping other men or, in some cases, getting stomped. Had me some money and had me some medals. But none of it seemed a lifetime worth the pain of the mother that bore me. It's like I was empty. Well, I'm not empty anymore. That's what's important. To feel useful in this old world. To hit a lick against what's wrong. Or say a word for what's right, even though you get walloped for saying that word. Now, I may sound like a Bible beater yelling up a revival at a river crossing camp meeting. But that don't change the truth none. There's right and there's wrong. You gotta do one or the other. You do the one and you're living. You do the other and you may be walking around, but you're dead as a beaver hat.
So right now the roots are dying in the Gulf of Mexico. The mother tree, the Mississippi, is dying. And so we have this branch that comes out of the Mississippi called the Missouri. It is sick, but if we can save it, it can bring life to the whole tree and reconstitute the roots and make life again. I don't understand why people don't understand that. As Native people, we go four days without food and water to remind ourselves how important water is. Because remember, our bodies are mostly water. Without water, we die. So why would anybody want their children to die? I cannot understand that whole compensation. So this pipeline will go under the Missouri River. When it breaks, because it will break, it'll pollute all the way down the Missouri into the Mississippi, all the way to the Gulf. Who has a right to kill that many people? And this is Reverend Billy from Earth Riot Radio. The Earth Church has offered you some samples of two kinds of people. On one side, the conformists, armies, police, fundamentalist religion people, um, capped off by that celebrity racist, John Wayne. And what they all have in common is miles of people acting the same, responding to the same instructions, wearing the same costumes, and marching off to war. And then you also heard interspersed in there the sounds of forests, the sounds of the bird songs of the natural world, the opposite of conformity. The uniqueness of each individual life, each species and ecosystem, all in the state of flux, in the state of evolution, constantly changing. So we look to the natural world to show us how to be free, free from the violence of forced conformity. Ertheluia. So the last person who talked to us, may she rest in peace, LaDonna Brave Bull Allard from Standing Rock. Hundreds of tribes gathered there to stop the black snake and represent the earth with their ancestors and with allies arriving every day from around the world. And they did overwhelm the Dakota Access Pipeline. It took years, but they won. A great lesson for us. Start with sacred water. Go to the earth. The power is there. It's in us, in our bodies. LaDonna showed us how to resist the forces of consumer society. The gas and the oil that burns with that wave of products. <laughs> that profit-making thing called war. We ask ourselves, how did a madman like Putin have this army at his disposal? The petro-state buys the war, the money, power. And lots and lots of conformity. Lots of people saying, yes, I'll do that. People, listen, I mean, nothing is worse for the earth than war. That's the concentrated form of what we have to stop. And the earth, LaDonna says, the earth will help us do it. Water, air, soil, love, life, the basics. We got it. And now let's go to a song, music. A song from the Stop Shopping Choir. Uh, 
Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Researchers warn that permafrost peatlands in Europe and western Siberia are much closer to climatic tipping point than previously believed. The frozen peatlands in these areas store up to 39 billion tons of carbon, the equivalent to twice that stored in the whole of European forests. The new projections indicate that even with the strongest efforts to reduce global carbon emissions and therefore limit global warming, by 2040, the climates of Northern Europe will no longer be cold or dry enough to sustain peat permafrost. In just three days in late January, a mass of ice the size of Philadelphia fragmented from the Larsen B embayment on the Antarctic Peninsula and floated away after persisting there for more than a decade. NASA satellites captured the breakup between January 19th and 21st, and with it saw calving of icebergs from Crane Glacier and its neighbors as the sea ice no longer buttressed their fronts. Now more vulnerable to melting and acceleration into the ocean, the glaciers that line the Antarctic Peninsula could add directly to sea level. The Larsen Ice Shelf is situated along the northeast part of the Antarctic Peninsula in the Weddell Sea. Scientists have produced a groundbreaking map showing where the world's major food crops should be grown to maximize yield and minimize environmental impact. 
This would capture large amounts of carbon, increase biodiversity, and cut agricultural use of fresh water to zero. The reimagined world map of agriculture includes large new farming areas for many major crops around the Corn Belt in the Midwestern United States and below the Sahara Desert. Huge areas of farmland in Europe and India would be restored to natural habitat. The redesign, assuming high input mechanized farming, would cut the carbon impact of global croplands by 71% by allowing land to revert to its natural forested state. This is the equivalent of capturing 20 years worth of our current net CO2 emissions. Trees capture carbon as they grow and also enable more carbon to be captured by the soil than when crops are grown in it. In this optimized scenario, the impact of crop production on the world's biodiversity would be reduced by 87%. This would drastically reduce the extinction risk for many species for which agriculture is a major threat. The researchers say that croplands would quickly revert back to their natural state, often recovering their original carbon stocks and biodiversity within just a few decades. The redesign would eliminate the need for irrigation altogether by growing crops in places where rainfall provides all the water they need to grow. Agriculture is currently responsible for around 70% of global freshwater use. Scientists have found the oldest known ancestor of octopuses, an approximately 330 million year old fossil unearthed in Montana. The researchers concluded the ancient creature lived millions of years earlier than previously believed, meaning that octopuses originated before the era of dinosaurs. The 4.7 inch fossil has 10 limbs, each with two rows of suckers. It probably lived in a shallow tropical ocean bay. The well-preserved fossil also shows some evidence of an ink sac, probably used to squirt out a dark liquid cloak to help to evade predators just like modern octopuses. Researchers calculate that exposure to car exhaust from leaded gas during childhood stole a collective 824 million IQ points from over 170 million Americans alive today, more than half of the population of the United States. Even light to moderate drinking is associated with harm to the brain, according to a new study. Researchers analyzed data from more than 36,000 adults that found a link between drinking and reduced brain volume that begins at an average consumption level of less than one alcohol unit a day, the equivalent of about half a beer, and rises with each additional drink. New research shows that tiny brant's voles trim tall grasses so they can watch the skies for flying predators. Brant's voles live in grassland in Inner Mongolia, where they are hunted by birds called shrikes. A new study has found that the voles cut tall bunch grass when shrikes are nearby. The voles don't eat or use the bunch grass, they cut it to keep themselves safe, an example of ecosystem engineering. When shrikes were present, the voles dramatically decreased the volume of bunch grass. And now, the sounds of extinction. Ukraine relies heavily on nuclear energy and has 15 operating nuclear reactors in four power plants. It is home to the largest nuclear power plant in Europe, Zaporzhia, which is currently under the control of Russian troops. 
On February 24, 2022, Russian forces took control of all facilities of the Chernobyl nuclear plant. Control levels of gamma radiation dose rates in the Chernobyl exclusion zone were exceeded. The State Nuclear Regulatory Inspectorate of Ukraine said that the rise in radiation levels was likely due to disturbance of the top layer of soil from movement of a large number of heavy military machinery through the exclusion zone and increase of air pollution. It added, the condition of Chernobyl nuclear facilities and other facilities is unchanged. Radiation readings from the site were assessed by the International Atomic Energy Agency to be low and in line with near background levels. On March 9th, the Chernobyl plant lost connection to the grid. The State Nuclear Regulatory Inspectorate of Ukraine said that backup diesel generators were running and had 48 hours of fuel. The International Atomic Energy Agency stated that based on the heat load of spent fuel in the storage pool and the volume of cooling water it contained, there would be sufficient heat removal without electrical supply. It said that it saw no critical impact on safety as a result of the loss of power, but said that the loss of power would likely create additional stress for about 210 staff who had not been able to rotate for the past two weeks. On April 25, 1986, a combination of faulty design and operator failures at the Chernobyl plant caused the largest uncontrolled radioactive release into the environment ever recorded for any civilian operation, and large quantities of radioactive substances were released into the air for about 10 days. This caused serious social and economic disruption for large populations in Belarus, Russia, and Ukraine. In 2015, the published results of a major scientific study showed that the mammal population of the exclusion zone was thriving despite land contamination. The long-term empirical data showed no evidence of a negative influence of radiation on mammal abundance. The data represent unique evidence of wildlife's resilience in the face of chronic radiation stress. Other studies have concluded that the net environmental effect of the accident has been much greater biodiversity and abundance of species, with the exclusion zone having become a unique sanctuary for wildlife due to the absence of humans. And here, the sounds of the exclusionary zone surrounding the Chernobyl nuclear facility.
the nuclear ambience around Chernobyl. Now we're going to go back to New York City. The Hungry March Band will play Off the Hook. After that, we find ourselves out in Seattle talking with John Platt from the Center for Biological Diversity. He'll be talking about Chernobyl and the fate of endangered animals and plants in the Ukraine war. Earthalluyah. Ukraine with us just uh, in your encounters with the endangered species there? Can you just talk about yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I've written about how related activities have affected endangered species over the years. So when this started in Ukraine, a lot of people were writing about the connection between the war and climate. It's funded by oil and gas. It's causing all kinds of emissions that are going to further the climate crisis. But I wanted to pull back a little bit and say, what about the things people aren't paying attention to? So I just started digging through the IUCN Red List, which is the International Union for Conservation of Nature, which assesses the, the extinction risk of species around the world. And it's not, it's not totally inclusive. It doesn't include every species out there. But I wanted to see what endangered species live in Ukraine that could potentially be affected by this war. And what I saw was not only a lot of species that are, some of which are wide ranging that live in more than one country, some of which live only in Ukraine, but I saw essentially metaphors for the war itself in these, the reasons these species were endangered. You saw a, a plant at risk from invasive species that are destroying the young. You saw other species that have died out because of habitat loss species that are stuck in one kilometer of river that could easily dry out again because of climate change but because you know one bomb and that, that, those little stretches of river are, are dry 
So the Churaniya Gudgeon you're talking about. Yes, exactly. So I, I started digging it and I just found all these really interesting species that I think as they decline, we're losing a lot of the culture of the people, the, the way people interact with, with these species. We're losing the science, we're losing the connectivity, the connectivity with nature. And as, as we lose species, we, we end up with more possibility of more outbreaks and disease because everyone's, everything's pushed closer together and there's less, uh, we end up becoming a monoculture where it could easily wipe out anything, everything at once. So I looked at species like the sandy mole rat, which really living in the Black Sea Biosphere Reserve, it's right in the path of the invading forces. It wouldn't take much for a several thousand pound tank to roll over these little tiny rodents with buck teeth. You can, buck teeth don't do much against tire treads. So it would be really easy to, to wipe these out. And what does that, what does that cost? You know, I, I show a picture of Ukrainian currency with this rodent on it. It's part of their culture. It's part of their mm -hmm. heritage. What do, what do you lose as you lose the art, as you lose the architecture? Um, you lose a lot. And Reverend Billy now, time to say goodbye. Savitri D, news from the natural world. Thank you so much. And Bernie Krauss, the great animal orchestra, the biophonists. Thank you, Bernie. LaDonna Brave Bull Allard, thank you so much for your teaching the sacred water. John Platt, editor of The Revelator from the Center for Biological Diversity. John, your compassion, your research about the animals and plants of the Ukraine. Thank you. That song is Hatred Forever. Sundar Ganglani, Kai Pelton, and Francisca Benitez, soon to return to us to the Stop Shopping Choir from Chile. Fran, come on back. Jason Candler, our editor. Alex Zappa, our producer. Oh, another local composition off the hook from the Hungry March Band. Jason Candler, Emily Ferry, wrote that song. Now our Earth Church will come back next week again. And we're always doing the same thing. There's an invisible czar that controls us in a different way than the czar in Russia. But we have the knowledge. We have the IPCC report. We have Don't Look Up. We have... It's dramatically coming to us, even from this radio show. What's happening right now? The emergency we need to save our lives, to save life, to do our part, to join the extinction, join the evolution. This great motion of life now going on. We have a role. This information comes into our bodies and we disconnect. Somewhere between the knowledge and the activity, we disconnect. Hallelujah. Somebody give me an earth hallelujah, am I right? I've got that problem. Oh my God. There must be a reason that 50,000 New Yorkers have not yet gone out to New Jersey to that refinery out there and taken it apart with our bare hands. Why not? 
don't we like life? Don't we love every minute? Life is so amazing. Such a blessing. We don't act like it is. Are we taking it for granted? Is life a commodity? Did we just buy it so we can throw it away? What's going on here? We don't really know. But with all the knowledge and all the drama, we disconnect between it coming into our heads and responding with an action. Let's try again next week. Or maybe your action will take place right now. This is Reverend Billy, Earth Alleluia. Earth Alleluia.